It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. This is Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, substituting for the unsubstitutable Angie Austin. <laughs> I like saying that word. Yes. I've got my good friend with me, Donna Smith Hessler. How you doing, girl? I'm doing great. Great. And yeah. of course, we have producer David in the house. Hi, guys. Woo! Thanks. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> We're just here to have a good time today. And, you know, it, it's beautiful weather right now. What are you doing with your family? What are you doing? It's summertime, baby. What are you going to do? You going someplace? What you going to do? Get off the video game. Get off the computer. Get outside. Outside the house, outside your your perimeter. Donna, you have a beautiful area, but I know sometimes you like to get away from that too, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to be on the deck, and sometimes we just get away out from the house mm -hmm. onto the deck and just hang out and visit. So Dave and I did that on Sunday for Father's Day, and we just talked and caught up from the week and cool. enjoyed. And then we did. We took a ride. We went to the farmer's market, walked around, and you know, just had a really relaxing day. So you can still get out, do something be active and yet relax and not Absolutely. be running or looking at your phone like you said on the video games and just enjoying life and taking Absolutely. it in we live in the most beautiful state in my yes. opinion yes, I mean you do. want to see the face of God come to Colorado and yes. look at the Rocky Mountains I know that I feel like I have the exact opposite problem as you because on Father's Day I was go go Were go, you? go go according to my Fitbit <laughs> I walked 13 miles wow over 27,000 steps I know where'd you go I went well we went I went disc golfing in the morning because I had, that was like my little Father's Day time that I Good. got. And then uh, my son turned two on Father's Day. So we had a party for him and we put a slip and slide out. We had a water balloon fight. We had a inflatable <laughs> pool. And that, I was out, I, I left the house at about nine o'clock in the morning and I didn't sit down until about 11 p.m. That oh, sounds fun Day. though, but it, it was, was quality oh, family time. It was time. so fun, but it was absolutely not relaxing. I mean, it was great <laughs> and it was fun. And uh, I've been trying to go. I've been losing weight. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You guys, I know you guys have been uh, inspired by Dr. Joe. Yep. I actually have another Dr. Joe that I work with. And then I have a personal trainer that I'm working with on another show. So I'm like, I can't not do this. And I'm a little bit, I was never really bad, but I'm a little bit overweight and tired all the time. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on that stuff. And it, uh, man, I've been killing it. I've been killing it. I'm down good. 13 pounds already. Oh my good goodness. Yeah. That's my goal, great. So. Yeah, guys kind of drop it fast. You yeah. know? And it's funny because you can see at first I was really discouraged because uh -huh. I wasn't losing it very fast, and I'm sitting there. But then I, everyone that I walk by, hey, you look good. You look good. You look different. So I was, that was nice. So you, were you like on the slip and slide? And I was on the slip and slide. Dun, exactly, dun, dun. Exactly. Look at me. <laughs> and we got those things that fills up 200 water balloons at the same time. That was oh, really cool. Neat. Yeah, it's oh like the Shark gosh. Tank idea. So was, that was How really fun. And fun. Wow. So I, staying out. Yeah. And I then, can't even imagine having little kids right now. Uh -huh. I really can't because that's a lot of energy right there. That is yeah. a lot of energy. So what I do to get them off the video games is I sit next to them and I tell them dad jokes. Oh, oh that's uh, good. Are, are they corny dad jokes? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I <laughs> compiled a list of some dad jokes here. I know that's kind of past Father's Day, but I it's had to right. share these with you guys because okay. 
these are some of my favorite kind of jokes. And every, I didn't even have to be a dad to like these jokes. But anyway, <laughs> here you go. What time did Sean Connery arrive at Wimbledon? Tennis. Did you know the grapes never fight back when you step on them? They just let out a little wine. You know that diarrhea is genetic, right? It runs in your genes. <laughs> my kids tell me they hate vegetables. And I say, why? They've always said nice things about you. <laughs> you know, I used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, but then I turned myself around. <laughs> what do you call a fly with no wings? A walk. Did you hear about the kidnapping? It's okay, he woke up. Hey, what's brown and sticky? A stick. You hear the one about the scarecrow that won an award? He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the can crusher quit his job? Because it was soda pressing. <laughs> Have you heard of a music group called Cellophane? They mostly rap. <laughs> what is Beethoven's favorite food? A banana. -na. <laughs> Do you hear what happened to the two peanuts walking down the street? <laughs> they were assaulted. <laughs> what did the Zen Buddhist say to the hot dog vendor? Make me one with everything. That's an existential one. <laughs> Why are skeletons so calm? Because nothing gets under their skin. <laughs> you heard about the duck that was arrested? He was selling quack. <laughs> How do you make a hanky dance? Put a little boogie in it. <laughs> These are absurd. <laughs> okay, okay, in no uncertain terms, are you to ever meet my husband? That's what and, and give him these jokes. My favorite one that I always tell is when I'm at the grocery store and the girl, like, they'll scan my milk and they say, Do you want your milk in a bag? I say, No, please leave it in that container. <laughs> you know, I'm easily <laughs> amused because I'm sitting here cracking up. Yes, you are. And I'm sitting up here like, Lord, please don't let my husband hear any of these. And I always say, What's a, so what's a ninja's favorite drink? Wata! What? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And what's a boxer's favorite drink? Punch! I can't even answer because I'm laughing. Oh my gosh. See, I live with a man who does stuff like this, but his thing is blonde jokes. Oh, he oh, loves the blonde funny. jokes. I, I can't, I don't, I don't know any of them. I don't remember them <laughs> because they're just so crazy. But you and your dad jokes, that's. I mean, I just think it's a good way uh, to, you know, because it motivates you because you're like, I'm getting out of here, dad. <laughs> I'm going to turn this video I'm going to go do the slip and slide now. Right now. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think it's one. pretty cool when you're naturally funny. Like my timing's off. I I did a comedy workshop to like okay. learn all of that stuff and did okay. stand-up comedy, and I'm still really not funny, but my set was really good. But my husband just he knows how to get them right away. And even on Facebook, somebody had posted um, a guy riding a, a motorcycle and he's leaning to the side and he's naked on the motorcycle. And my girlfriend says, Dave, have you ever done that? And Dave writes back. I mean, he's just so witty. And he writes back and he says, done that? Who do you think was on the motorcycle? Oh, Lord, <laughs> mm, mm, so, mm. I mean, he's just quick and I'm yeah. just not that quick. I think of things later. So Dave, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yes. I thought it was funny. It, okay. It was funny. Okay. I, but some of them caused me to look to the sky like, please don't let my husband hear any of these, please. So that, that was pretty good. So what's going on? What are you going to do for the summer? You got those kids over there, Dave? And what, you know, what you gonna uh, do? We're, we're sticking around. We're, I'm getting my house ready to get to set 
sell it. Okay. So we want to sell it by the end of the year. And so right. we got a bunch of stuff we need to do. So we're kind of saving money doing that. We're not really going out of town. Uh, we might go to like Blackhawk or something for a weekend. But um, Jason is starting, or my son Jason is starting swim lessons. He's finally old enough to do swim lessons. Cool. So he's going to do that. And then um, that's, I mean, that's really the only thing we have to do. Everything else is just kind of hanging out and, you know, doing stuff together. And like I say, I tell my wife and my kids this all the time. I'm like, I want to love you a little bit every day. And then some days I'm going to love you the whole day. So, so let's just Aww. keep doing that. I love that. <laughs> I do too. Because I can't love you every day, all day. Because that, that'd get annoying. <laughs> oh, you're a romantic, aren't you? Yeah, I guess. Oh, look, I he's blushing like now. You yeah, got I him blushing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are No, I do love my family. I love hanging out with them. I, you know, so it's, I cool. make it a pri priority to to get with them and to be with them. And then summertime in Colorado, you can't beat it. Oh, I know. And it goes by so fast. So we're trying yes. to slow it down because we're always running. And so we're going to go of, do. Yeah. Today is the longest day of the year, Thursday the 21st. <gasps> Oh my goodness! I it's always get depressed get on this day because that it starts getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get dark till like nine thirty. I know, I know. Okay, okay. See, you just ruined it for me because by five o'clock in the evening, I'm like, okay, when the sun going you down? Were saying that <laughs> I'm ready to go to yeah. sleep. When's the sun going down? I'm, it's time for me to go to bed. So by nine thirty, I'm gonna be looking outside. Lord, have you left me? Have you forsaken me? <laughs> okay, it's not dark yet. Why can't I go to bed? Well, see, I'm a morning person too. So when I get up at 5 30 in the morning i like that it's light out yes. yeah yeah because sometimes that. you know i get to work during the winter and it's seven it's dark still yes. like and oh, cold yes. yes and you're moving yes. slow and yeah yes well you know before you know it it's, it's going to be coat season again <laughs> no it's not <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry. sorry we're not donna. even going there right now sorry donna. today is the first day of summer okay the longest day of the year okay. let's keep it there okay <laughs> I, i'm going to try to keep it there but i have we have an interesting story about take one leave one Take one, leave one, yeah. Um, where is he? Take oh, here we go. Sorry. One. All right, you ready? Yeah. Leads for the salsas. The taco stop is a busy place. Corner flower. Northwest of the Dallas skyline on Irving Boulevard. All right, they'll be out shortly. And for Amelia Flores, even busier now. Would you like your Coke open? Oh, yes, please. With the sign she placed outside. They'll be right up. Thanks so much. Take a coat or leave a coat. And since she did it first last year, the coats keep coming. From people like Thomas and Jackie Brewer, they drove all the way from Richardson. Today's my birthday, and I said, this is what I want to do for my birthday, do something for somebody else. It yeah. just makes you feel good. Thomas, a retired Marine, even dropped off a warm Marine Corps label and a top coat. I could just see somebody walking around in that. And five minutes later, a construction worker named Eddie fit perfectly in that full-length wool size 42. This is a way of people not being embarrassed about asking. They just come and pick what they need and leave. So why at a taco stand? Because Amelia worked 20 years as a professional psychologist. It's about being kind. And this year particularly, I thought that, you know, the world is so polarized and the country is so polarized. It's just another reminder that it takes very little to make life easier for people. Now, four times last year, someone stole the entire wardrobe. But Amelia and her customers kept replacing it. The hats and coats, even full-length pajamas. Thank you so much. Yeah. Because all winter... Very much appreciated. A kind Thank gesture. You. Thank you. We'll stay on the menu, too. 
I'm attending this um, event. It's the Sisters Enterprise, and it's the Random Acts of Kindness oh, nice. award ceremony. And, you know, do you know how easy it is to just be kind to somebody? Mm-hmm. And just, you know, just to say something like, God bless you. Right. Or, you know, have a nice day. Or, or smile you sure at somebody. Or, or smile. Yeah, just yeah. a smile. Mm-hmm. You know, when have, when have we left off from that? You know, as a child growing up in South Carolina, we were always doing stuff for other people. Right. When did we leave off of that so that it became hard for us or challenging for us to just be nice to people? Mm-hmm. When did that happen? And and we see that all over the world. But I see it even here in, in our state as it gets crowd, more crowded. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just this angst when people are driving. Yes. And, you yes. know, if somebody lets somebody in, someone else is upset. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we've got to get back to the basics and mm-hmm. just, you know, love on people and yes. say, how are you doing today? Or yes. smile. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How do you teach your kids, David, to to be nice, to love people? I'm nice to people. In so front you're of the them. example. Uh, it's funny because I was just going to say that uh, I I never lost it. I talked to everybody, the guy at the drive-through or the if I'm getting gas at Seven mm-hmm. Eleven or something, I'm like, hey, how you doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm always like that, and um, I learned that from my mom. My mom would just talk to people in line at the grocery store, mm-hmm. just hey, oh, I like those shoes or what a cute dress or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I kind of picked that up from her, and so I'm kind of want to do that for them too. And right, right. they're really outgoing little boys, almost like. Like they'll run up to people in the grocery store all the way across the store. Oh my like, hey, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm Jason. Oh, hey, how you doing, Jason? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, we need to we need to retain that. Yes, absolutely. You know, that that type of attitude is what makes America great. Mm-hmm. I I'm just gonna say it, you know, because we are the melting pot of the world anyway. So why shouldn't we just love on each other and, and be nice to each other and just do stuff? This this family that's this getting these coats, bring a coat, uh, take one, leave one. Yeah, how hard is that? Exactly. I mean, th- those coats that you haven't worn for 10 years in your closet, why can't you give them to somebody? Right. They're just sitting there collecting exactly. dust. Something that's always confused me about this, Donna just touched on it, was it seems like the more people there are around, you know, as Denver gets more and more crowded, mm-hmm. it seems like this, we're slipping farther away from that. But you'd think that the more people would be easier to be nice you to would people. Think so. yeah. Instead of fewer people, small town attitude. Yeah. With there's fewer people, everyone is nice to each other still. Right. That's weird, right? Like you think it's more people dynamic. around, you have more opportunities to right. be nice to people. Yes, absolutely. I attended a local church um, here that did something similar to this, like paying it forward, and I'd mm-hmm. never seen anything like it before. But you know, when they pass the um, giving bag to come around and you put your ties or your donations in. And um, this particular pastor would say, um, if you have abundance, you know, go ahead and give as God puts on your heart. But if you are here today in need, go ahead and reach in and take out without question. And I had that had really touched me. I'm like, wow, that is so cool. I've never seen that in a church before. So um, same idea with the code and giving, because the, the woman had said who runs this, she said that, you know, it's hard to ask for help. And so just having the coats readily available, they can come and take. And so it was kind of neat to see that happen and that's unfold in church, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. OK. I, mm-hmm. mm, we need to talk about what church that is. <laughs> hey, we got one more good news story. Is it? Can we? Yeah, this kid is this kid is crazy. Like, I mean, I can't even set up this clip. You got to hear it just because this I mean, it's unbelievable. Anyway, here you go. 
Carson Huyu's mom could have predicted her son would graduate college early when at three years old, he told her he wanted to learn calculus. So I got him a little calculus book and he could work some of the very first questions in the book. Um, and then I thought, okay, yeah, you're really smart. <laughs> At 14, Carson is the youngest person ever to graduate from Texas Christian University with a Bachelor of Science degree in physics nonetheless. The first day of class, I was very nervous about kind of what I was walking into. Carson was homeschooled in his early years. At 10 years old, he graduated from high school as co-valedictorian. Carson's mom says she was more nervous leaving him in the eighth grade than she was leaving him on campus. I felt that he was safe, and I sat right outside the classroom door the whole time. So it wasn't like I was scared or uncomfortable. But teachers at his university weren't just impressed with his smarts. And he's not some abrasive kid that thinks he's smarter than everyone else, but actually he is smarter than everyone else. <laughs> Carson plans to get his master's degree from TCU next year, but when he returns, he won't be alone. His younger sibling, Cannon, only 11, will be enrolled to study astrophysics and engineering. And following in his big brother's footsteps, in this case, is the smart thing to do. Oh, my goodness. Right? <laughs> I have no words. Well, you know, I think I sat next to him because I got my degree. I finished my degree later in my tw late 20s. Mm -hmm. And there's this young kid that was still in high school, you know, taking college courses. And it just made me feel so <laughs> stupid. Like, this, I... here's this little guy, you know, and he's got all these classes. I was in physics with him, struggling through physics. And he had just got it. So maybe it was him. <laughs> I graduated when I was 32. So I completely wow. relate. You yeah, everyone it. that I went to college with was 10 or more years younger yeah. than me. <laughs> wow, I, I, I have no words. And I mean, for his younger brother to follow him, mm -hmm. you know, following his footsteps in, in physics and astrophysics and all this. And I'm looking at these people like, <laughs> Okay. Well, All right, you go. You go. You go right ahead. I mean, what what else can you say because of of the the house that he lived in? His he said at three years old, I want to study uh, physics. Yeah, it's calculus. Calculus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll get you a book. You know, and he tore that stuff up. Yeah, and his mom didn't sound particularly like a genius when no, she, she was didn't. speaking or yeah, whatever. No. So it's the power of when somebody believes in you. Yeah. When someone believes in you, you can do anything. Yes. And right um, I have that support. I'm, I'm very blessed to say I have that support from my husband, David. Amen. And I've accomplished things that I would have never accomplished if he didn't say, Donna, you can do this. Amen. You can totally do this. So it's the power of someone behind you and just cheering for you. Like you said, Dave, I mean, she didn't sound super no. intelligent or, you know, she wasn't taking the physics she, or yeah. whatever, but she was, you know, pushing them saying, sure, you want to do it. Kind of cool. I believe in you. Yeah. That's but cool. then we talk about people who you know, uh, accomplish things in their 80s. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then yes. now we're talking about somebody who accomplished something in their 14, and when there's 14. So yes. it's like you can do it whenever you want. You can want. do it whenever you want. Wow, there's nothing impossible for you. Donna, what you got coming up? I know you got some stuff coming up in the fall. Yes, I do. The Overwhelmed Conference. Yes. I am so thrilled about this conference and what God's going to do this year. And we are opening tickets. The ticket sales um, go on sale July 11th. 
and it's going to be at the Hilton Embassy Suites in the Denver Tech Center. It's just um, just part of the day, 8.30 to 2.30, so you're home in time for dinner. You know, we have so many conferences that are, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's like, how can I find time to do this? And then that makes you overwhelmed, right? right? right. So we want you to come and bring all your overwhelm, all your baggage, all those things that are overwhelming you. Amen. And typically it's the things that you can't get done that's overwhelming you. And just bring all that, drop it at the door, and walk out overwhelmed with God's great love and Amen. being in the moment. So I hope you'll join us. Absolutely. And what, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, Facebook, Jericho Girls or JerichoGirls.org. All the information of the conference is on there. Amen. And I'm going to be there because I got to see this thing happening. This is Beatrice <laughs> Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. You can get in touch with me, Beatrice, at DrillSergeantOfLife.com. Hey, come back some other time and listen to the good news with Angie Austin. We love y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. God bless you. Bye-bye. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies, but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA the Rockies. YMCA the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things that shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Welcome back to The Good News. It's always fun to have author and speaker Donna Hetzler here. And Donna, I love it because you're an author and I have so many authors on the show. And yeah. I, I interview authors as a radio host and a speaker. Mm-hmm. And you interview them as an author. You right. Know what I mean? Like you understand their process and how meaningful all those words are to oh them. And you know, how, how difficult it is to get those words on 
still paper. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm finishing my second book right now and it's in a two year journey. And there's days where I'm like, God, is this book ever going to birth? Like I'm ready to oh like go of the baby here really. But uh, yes, it's, it's definitely, um, it's a difficult journey to become an author. So I have respect for our authors who come on here and I know, I know the birth pains of these books, but this well, looks like a great one. Well, John Geiger is joining us and he is the author. If I, if I could do it all over again, Christian leaders share the most important lessons of their lives, including Michael W. Smith, Ann Graham Lotz, Gary Chapman, Johnny Erickson Tata, Tony Evans, uh, Tim Keller, etc. And I, I put, you know, I get, oh gosh, I would say hundreds of books a year. And I put this one right next to my bed and I'm moving right now. So I have not been able to read it all, but it was picked out of like every hundred, I probably keep like one, you know, John. So you're in the coveted spot of ready to read. All right. Well, honored to be in that spot. But if there's, if there's anything of worth in this book, guys, it's got to be the hand of God in the in the oh, words that He shared through that. these very gifted people. I, I really cannot claim very much of anything other than it was a great fun ride talking to them all. So you got to interview all these people, yeah. and it was all their message. If if I could do it all over again, uh, one woman who's been on our show many times and who's on many of our Crawford stations is June Hunt, and I found her story fascinating because she shares pretty openly that her father had another family, yeah. and that she her their family was the second family, and no one challenged him. He was very financially successful. So then he ends up moving in with the second family, her family, and when she stood up to him, he basically basically sent her away, like forever, away to school. And so um, becoming someone, as June did, who counsels people basically through mm -hmm. life and has such knowledge, um, what did you ask her about? Because we do have a little bit of a clip uh, with her. What was your general impression of June Hunt in, in your book, If I Could Do It All Over June Again? June was remarkably transparent. You know, Isn't she? Uh, folks that we talked to kind of were in a range. Mm -hmm. uh, Angie and Don, as you can imagine, some were a little more guarded and uh, reluctant to, to share their mistakes, their regrets. June, right out there, baby. No hesitations. And, yeah. uh, I'm very impressed with that. that. That, to me, speaks of humility, you know, to, yeah. to, to let people in on, on regrets, mistakes, those it's, sorts of things. A lot of non-Christians don't get that about us when we are transparent. There was some, oh, I know what it was. My husband, who's not a non-Christian, but he's not where I am in terms of like, you know, being open about my faith to the same degree. And we were at church yeah. and they did a testimony where they put a guy up on the screen. I think it was at Easter. Uh -huh. And he basically talked about all of his shortcomings. And then now he's working with kids in the nursery. So I come back in and my <laughs> husband goes, who would do that? I know. Like, was he mortified? Go, like up on the screen, talk <laughs> about all of your failings. And great. Now he's in there with our kids in the nursery. And I said, but honey, Christians, like we do that. Like he grew up Catholic. So he doesn't get yeah. it that like we bear our souls mm -hmm. to bond with each other and to help each other and hope that through Christ's healing of us, we can uh, give others hope for their own healing. I mean, the book and, of James says, confess your faults one to another. So that's right. very biblical. Yes. <laughs> and I've learned the most. <laughs> Angie's laughing. She's like, just, hold up. He was so mortified. <laughs> you know and I'm like dude that's what I do when I give my testimony don't that's you right. know that's what I do but that's what we're supposed to do we're called to share our stories yes. and our scars are actually healing for other people and so when we do you know share our failures others can learn so much I've learned from other people's failures and it's been awesome so well, I, I, I love it when bonds people you with them I swear that it does, it does you know? yes then you have that emotional connection well right. see when to me when somebody a pastor somebody that I trust shares a little bit about their regret their mistake yeah uh, I, I hold them in higher esteem yeah they're, they're more real to me, me. Right. one of my best friends is an um, ex-con and my friend said 
don't call him an, another Christian friend. Don't call him an ex-con. I go, well, I'm proud that he's an ex-con because he's one of my family's best mm-hmm. friends. He's, you know, friends with my kids and my mother, and he comes to our house a couple of times a month. And I'm just so impressed by the way Jesus has transformed him that I love telling people he's an ex-con because it's so unbelievable because he's such a little pastor now, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, all right, Dave, Dave, tell us the clip you picked. Give us a little intro. So and again, this, this is from um, If I Could Do It All Over Again. Uh, um, John Gager is joining us. And this is his interview with June Hunt. What's the deal? So all the clips were uh, they were separated by the questions, and this one is June Hunt. And what she, they had, uh, what John had asked her was what she couldn't wait for to do in heaven. Mm. So that's it. Okay. So and I think that's very self-explanatory. After that, so here you go. I've thought about this. I I want to ask God to reveal to me all the times that He intervened where I had no idea that He was involved. And then I want to thank him for intervening in my life in ways that I had no knowledge of and therefore was unappreciative. And then I want to say thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me that I didn't realize on earth I had experienced. She's so calming. I, yeah. I I love that. I found my chi. I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, she you know she is radio program. She's used to yes, doing this, yeah. but right. the fact that she wants to know where God intervened, I think, is fascinating. So she can give him thanks. Isn't That's that right? That is good. She's the neatest lady. Yeah. She is. You know, when we asked Johnny Tata this question, most people would assume a quadriplegic for 30, 40 years would say, "What's the thing I'm looking forward to in heaven? A new body." Yeah, she walking, said, running, dancing. She said no. No, the thing I'm looking forward to is waking up and never having to have a sinful thought, never having really? to have a word I oh regret. Oh, my goodness. And I thought, boy, I, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Sure, she wow. says, do I want to be able to do uh, somersaults and jumping jacks? Of course. Right. But I'm looking forward to that much more. Hmm. Yeah. That's wow. beautiful. All right. We have um, another uh, soundbite, and you um, set this up. Well, first of all, um, uh, give us a little bit about uh, you know the man that we're going to be um, hearing from in a minute here. Ravi Zacharias is a very gifted apologist. He's written tons of books, has the radio program Let My People Think, speaks on colleges and university he, campuses around the world. Didn't he, like, uh, he, well, he spoke, I and mean, we say colleges all over the world. We're not just talking like, you know, uh, you know, small town USA. We're talking Harvard, Dartmouth, Oxford, Johns oh, yeah. Hopkins. I mean, he's, and he's been on CNN, Fox, and many other news programs. He's really scholastic, and I've read some of his books, but you can you can get to the meat of what he's saying without you know i haven't read any of his books he's fabulous fabulous so anyway we we asked him as we did everybody i should let you know when we did uh, if i could do it all over again we asked all 28 guests the same slate of questions and uh so we asked them what they would do more of what they would do less of if they could do it all over again what regrets they have what they want to desperately pass on to their kids or grandkids what they're looking forward to in heaven that kind of thing uh, Ravi, in particular, made an interesting statement about a regret that he has with regard to his dad. I don't oh. know if that's the clip you've got. He says, I regret not having had a conversation with my dad once where I said, what was it like for you when you grew up? Mm-hmm. What, what was it like when you were a kid? He said, my dad was so stern that I didn't feel like I could approach oh, him. really? And now he's gone. It's too late. Uh, and I can never have that conversation. So uh, what, a, what a human kind of a thing yeah, for yes, Ravi to share yeah. like that. And so this da- question, Dave, is the title of the book, right? The, the, this question is, if I could do it all over again, that's what it was. Well, what would you do if you could do it all over again? Different question. I did like that one. But this one, I think, was very powerful for some of our listeners. I think what I would probably say is to the young, take life seriously early. 
don't wait till the strength of youth has gone by. And I guess that would be Solomon's words too, you know, in the in the days of thy youth. We sometimes underestimate uh, the strength of youth in the right direction. We think of it as all that we can do in warfare and all that we can do in athleticism and all that we can do in endurance and all that we can do in physical strength. Don't underestimate the shaping of the soul early in life, because I think uh, the sooner you get on track with where God wants you to be, the more beautiful that journey will become because you harness disciplines that uh, it sounds like a harsh word, but it is not. Ultimately, it's the disciplines of life that bring you the joys for which you were created. And that's why David says how much he learned to love the law. It was for his benefit. So to the young, I would say, uh, take yourself more seriously early. Don't wait uh, to look back at the years that the locusts have eaten, because I think that's, as a young man or a young woman, the disciplines you take could be wonderful and enduring in the joys you reap in the years to come. Beautiful. Yeah. That is so true, though, because Beatrice and I talk about this all the time. You know, Lord, why why did we have to wait till I was 47, you know, to get the ministry going, the mm-hmm. book going, and all these things? Beatrice, too, struggles with the age of it all. And, it, you know, the Lord spoke to my heart about you just weren't ready. And I'm like, oh, you know, if I was just ready, I could have really powerhoused this, you know, at a younger age. Well, and John, you'd get a kick out of Beatrice because she, the job, she's been a, a drill sergeant, a truck driver, <laughs> a hairdresser. Then she told us some other ones wild and crazy, um, you know, job just last week to add to that. Yes. But when she was eight, she received a typewriter mm-hmm. that she wanted for Christmas, and she would hide under the blankets, and, and she type would type away. with a flashlight on an old school typewriter. And all these years, she did these other jobs, you know, drill sergeant in the United States Army. <laughs> and he, here she wanted to be an author, so her books have come out now in her 50s. I like this Beatrice. I got to meet her. She's awesome. Yeah, you will. If you come back, <laughs> we'll have yeah. you on with her. Wow. Yeah, you'd get a kick out of her. Okay, so... Um, Ravi, I mean, he's written over 20 books and he's sharing these things with him. Were you surprised by how open some of these, these are well known. These are like the rock stars of the Christian world. Like if we had a reality TV show in the Christian world, a lot of the people in your book, if I could do it all over again, they would be on the Christian reality show, which would probably be pretty funny. That would be funny. (laughs) I was struck by Erwin Lutzer, great pastor in the Chicago area. He has a radio program and has written a number of great books. Uh, to sit in his library and have him say, you know, regrets, I sure do. He says, if I could do it all over again, I would certainly spend more time with my children. Mm. By the way, guys, you should know this. Oh, I read that a lot. No, I did skim through some of these, and a lot of them talked about their kids. Well, more than you know, even, Angie, of all the questions I asked, none of them, none of them, Donna, got more of a unified response than that one question, what would you do more of? It was all more time with family. Well, Irwin says specifically, you know, things are going great in the pastorate, and I'm getting invited to speak all over the country and around the world, and... And my daughter comes to me one day and says, as she's heading off to college, writes me a letter. Dad, I'm sorry, but I cannot compete with your great studies of Martin Luther. <gasps> oh, my goodness. He says, this was like a bucket of ice water. I bet. He said, I, 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 that moment I realized I needed to make a serious change of direction with regard to what I was doing with the kids and what I wasn't doing. And that's Erwin Lutzer, you yeah. said? Mm-hmm. 35 years as senior pastor of the Moody Church. Yeah. But, but how, how humbling. You think about it to have to tell that story. Uh, He also shares, he's speaking around the country and he can't understand why his wife isn't thrilled for all that God was doing and the way God was using him. And 
and and he had no sense that that she sort of felt left behind that mm-hmm. that she felt oh. marooned mm-hmm. it's interesting you say that because i actually interviewed uh ann graham lots uh-huh. that you also have in the book and she said when we talked about her mother yes that she was like a single mom and i was like what do you mean and then i realized back when her father would travel it wasn't like we travel now where he'd come <laughs> home on the weekends mm-hmm. he'd be gone apparently for months yeah. And and uh, Angie, so she was left behind. The yeah, mom, she, she was. <laughs> well, Anne Graham Lotz herself says that uh, she regrets in her life, as her mom Ruth was was toward the end of her days. She regrets not calling her mother more. Yeah. She says now I'm old enough to be on the other side of that, and I know what sure. that's like. And, well, and, I read a lot more of this than I thought. I I read that, well, that five really stars struck, for you. No, Angie. that struck. <laughs> no, that struck me. That I remember yeah. that the kids and the mom. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and the kids. You know, she, that hit me. She said, "I wish if I could do it all over again, I had some some uh, children for practice, and, ah! then, and then the real ones. You know, so I could make my mistakes on the <laughs> practice." My father-in-law says, "Why can't we have all the free time when we're young and in our twenties and thirties? Because he, um, I, I admire my father-in-law so much, and he uh, dropped out of school. You know, a tough, you know, upbringing." in terms of, you know, not, boy, when the kids um, turn down food at the table, he's like, let me tell you something, we would never turn down, even if we, all I got was a wing, we wouldn't turn it down at the table. And he dropped out of high school, and he was working at McDonald's when he met my mother-in-law, and her father was a cop who'd been killed in the line of duty. So you've got a 19 and, like, 20-year-old, they get married, and what they've done with their lives, it makes me want to cry. I mean, he mm. became, from a cat worker working, like, the graveyard ship that cat, uh-huh. Caterpillar, he became the union president. Mm. And they have just done so well by their children, and so why well by themselves uh, but he said why can't why couldn't we raise the kids and be home full-time in our 20s and 30s and then go to work when we get old <laughs> that's you know and because he was away from the kids a lot mm-hmm. well you know it's what they say youth is wasted on the young <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> kidding all right what are some of your other favorite tidbits and uh, if i could do it all over well again? tim keller commented i asked him what he do he would do less of he said certainly a lot less surfing on the internet i said why he oh. says the internet is a friend of information but it's an enemy of thought. Oh, isn't that profound? It's and a friend is. of information. Lots of stuff. Yep. But it doesn't help us think. It doesn't lead us to long-form thinking. And for people who don't know, Tim Keller is the founding pastor of New York City's Redeemer Presbyterian Church. He started that in 1989, and also he's written a number of New York Times best-selling books and a sought-after speaker. Most of these people you've interviewed have written books. Jan Silvius, also an author and a great life coach, she said, "What might have been does not exist." So why bother going there? Talking about the pointlessness oh. of, of regret. I thought that was just Yeah, boring. the woulda, shoulda, couldas. Yeah, and that's that that kind of hit me like an arrow in my heart. I'm you know, if guilt or regret are options, I've got a history of reaching for them every time. And Jan know? spoke right. a lot at the Women of Faith conventions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth. Uh, she oh, was one her. of the most uh, profound that I spoke to. She says, really? you know what? When all is said and done, the sum total of my life will be Jesus Christ and his righteousness hmm. now that's true and it is yes and that means it's not about me trying harder don it's not me doing gooder and better things and writing more books it's about him and that's that means it's already done and we can rest in that and uh I'm, about I'm you trying to learn that you have any if you could do it all over oh again? my have i got john <laughs> gaker I, author of the book what i could you? tell you what i've got a, a thousand regrets of of selfish acts i'm sure in my marriage to my beloved diana mm. Uh, I regret being in a hurry so much of life. Oh, yeah. I regret a narrow slice of time when both my grown son and daughter worked with me down at Moody Bible Institute. Yeah. And do you know we would commute together in the morning? This was just for a few weeks, a yeah. weird, weird time. And I actually was angry with them a, a lot of the time as we commuted because we were either running late to right. get to the train I wanted to get on, 
Or my son had stolen my quarters for the parking meter, left me with oh, nothing. how funny. <laughs> so here I was getting upset. Instead of pondering, what percentage am I in, in all of America, in all of the world, to have my two children yeah. with me going yeah. to work? I regret that. Yeah. I think I owe him an apology. I've never done that. Hmm. So I'm, I'm telling to you right now, Angie, Donna, I got to follow up on this. Well, we've, huh? we've got, you know, a, a chance to raise our kids. Um, my friend says who lost his son and his son was killed in an accident when he was nine, uh, Quinton. And he has said to me on numerous occasions, like, you, know, you have a chance. I, I, I didn't take advantage of my chance. I worked too much. And he's like, so put down the phone, put down the iPad when they come in the room and, you know, look them in the eye. Yeah. And so many times we don't look them in the eye. Yeah. What, do you have any regrets, Donna um, Hetzler? I, yes, absolutely. And I so identify with you, John, you're speaking to me. Um, my husband always gets my crumbs. Mm -hmm. He always gets my crumbs. The one I love the, the most, most. And you have a great relationship. Gets, we do. And we spend a lot of time together, but it's those moments where he really needs me. Or I, I wrote a blog about this months ago where he would knock on the door and he's like, hello, you know. Yeah. I love you over here. Do you want to talk? And I was like, oh, okay, come fine, come in. And now I'm like, yes, I'm so excited you're here. You know, come in Aww. and put everything aside. So I regret that. I'm still going to go home tonight and put down the computer and be with him and start fresh every day. All right, John Geiger, if I could do it all over again, Christian leaders share the most important lessons of their lives. Where do we find you, website? You find it at johngager.com, J-O-N-G-A-U-G-E-R.com, or doitalloveragain.net. Excellent. Do it all over again. .net. Video clips, poster quotes, and more. Perfect. We'll be right back with the good news. Hi, it's Angie. You know, if you're a kid and one of your parents has cancer, a lot of the focus is taken off you as a kid and put on your parent, but also a lot of the finances are put into the treatment of the parent. Well, kids still need to be kids. And so that's where the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation comes in. My friend Adam Katz helps the families, helps the kids whose parents are suffering through cancer. Let's say they need help with their tuition or a music class or dance class or art therapy. All of those things are paid for. You can get in touch with Adam. He would love to have your help. How would you like to sponsor a kid for a dance class? And it's a great way for the kid to get away from all that cancer treatment and to be a kid again. So please get in touch with Adam Katz at the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation. It's named after his wife whom he lost to cancer. You can contact Adam at 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. You can get more information at DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. How would you like to help people of the differently abled community just by donating the things in your house? Yes, I'm talking about ARC. And guess what? You don't even have to take them to ARC. I go there and I shop with a purpose all the time and I buy all kinds of great stuff and it helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities within our own community. But guess what? They'll come right to your door and pick up your stuff. I have them come about every month or two and I just put everything out of my driveway, put a little note that says ARC on it and they come right to my house and pick it up. And believe me, it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping some of my friends out in the community. So let's tell you how to do this, okay? Call 303-238-JANE. That's 303-238-5263. And they'll come right to your house and they'll pick up all your donations. And don't forget to shop at ARC. It's shopping with a purpose. I get all kinds of stuff for my kids there. Clothes, sporting equipment, boots, gloves, baseballs, bats, basketballs, you name it. Check out arc again shopping with a purpose and they'll come pick up your items 303-238-JANE 
Hi there, friend. Well, your kid's on vacation, right? Maybe your grandkid's on vacation. Uh, you know, school vacation, summer, it's time for fun. Maybe the tech needs to go on vacation. Joining us to talk about this, the iPad vac- vacation is Arlene Pellicane, author and speaker, uh, specifically referring to her book, Growing Up Social, this afternoon. Welcome, Arlene. Thank you so much. It's good to be here, Angie. You know what? Those iPads, they sure do get a lot of use, don't they? So they are probably exhausted this summer and they need a rest. So it's like, and I I think one of the major battles in the summertime is, okay, how much screen time, how much time is my kid going to spend on this iPad? And I know my husband, you know, we're in our forties and he remembers summer is like, outside all day with your bike all day going on adventures with your friends like this is what he pictures as summer and when he thinks of our children (laughs) sitting and like being on a screen it just drives him absolutely bananas Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm with you i'm with you my kids have uh it's like three and a half hours that they're at the pool in the morning for swim team because yeah. each of them has a different time. Like okay. one goes an hour and a half, then another goes an hour, then another goes 50 minutes. So yeah. they're there a long time. And then sometimes they have private lessons after that. So yeah. that really gives them outdoor time. And then we have outdoor sports in the summer, softball and baseball and, yeah. and just ended soccer. So they're out all the time. All the time. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and so for a parent, it's really thinking through, okay, what are the kinds of things I can schedule in the day that are not screen time related Mm -hmm. and then having some kind of rules of this is what we're going to do with our screens, not just giving them carte blanche because if a child is able to use it whenever they want, you know what the default is going to be. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. let's play more games. Let's do this. And so we have decided to give the iPad a break. Now our family does, we have a lot of technology, but we do not own an iPad. But my son had a school iPad, you know, all school year. And so when he had to turn that thing in at the end of the school year, I was like, good, <laughs> like we can have an iPad free summer. So if it's that simple for you, that it's something that you can put away for the summer, go for it. But if it's not that simple for you. It's like, that's really crazy. Then you can think about with your children, okay, is there going to be an iPad free day? Uh, Or maybe you have iPad free days, five days of the week, and then two days of the week, they can use it just to kind of get them used to that rhythm. So just think, you know, how can we creatively put uh, our iPad on vacation this summer? I love the idea of putting the iPad on vacation. Also, though, the phone for the kids, a lot of them use that just like an iPad. Totally. So, you know, it's important for parents to set limits. Yes. And and one limit that a lot of kids may rail against is that, the oh, you know, the, I, the, your phone needs a vacation overnight. Like you need to charge it in my room and you're not going to use it from whatever, even midnight to six o'clock in the morning or something. So that way they can get caught up on their rest that they have probably been missing all school year because, oh, 2 a.m. Someone texted me. 4.30, someone just texted they won a video game. 5.30, someone just texted they just woke up. You know, it's like your child doesn't need that kind of interruption all night long. Yeah, and that little ping that they get is so exciting they don't want to turn it off. Yeah. And so we as parents have to protect them from that lack yes. of sleep situation and put the phone somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So the phone goes on vacation as well. Overnight is a great place to start. All right. Some parents will tell me things like, well, you know, he won't stop or she won't yeah. give me the phone to charge in the kitchen or, you know, they won't cooperate. And I just am yeah. like, I, I, I recently some parent said at a, at a game, he wouldn't get out of bed. That's why we're late. And that's like right. my husband and I would dump water on their head. Like, I don't care. They're getting out of bed. Right. Like, we couldn't believe the dad like would say that to the coach. Like, oh, he yeah. just wouldn't get out of bed. 
Right. And so we are giving too much power to our kids to think, oh, we can't get them to do that. And so just think, okay, this is not an option. Like, how can I get my child to do this? And the whole idea that, you know, not every parenting thing you do, your child isn't going to say, oh, thank you, mom and dad, for your excellent skills and for looking out for me. You know, they don't have that kind of maturity, but just in the same way, you'd make them brush their teeth. You would make them eat a vegetable. You would make them attend a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment. You just have to think, okay, with their phone or with their iPad, they might not like what I'm making them do. And maybe because their friends have a more lenient plan that you think, oh, maybe I should second guess myself and I'm not doing the right thing. No, you can make your child do whatever it is that you think is best for your kids. So don't be so lenient. You can do this. And you know what? When they grow up, they don't regret that they had boundaries. Oftentimes when they grow up, they regret if they didn't have any boundaries. That's what they uh, oftentimes say. They wish their parents would have actually held them to certain standards or how to find you Arlene ArlenePelicane.com excellent thanks Arlene thanks so much Angie thanks for listening to the good news with Angie Austin find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com with Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.